Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of SVN On The Go with your hosts, Cameron Williams and Julian Benuelos. Today, we're speaking with Rafael Rosen. Rafael is the CEO and co-founder of ESG company Carbon Lighthouse. Carbon Lighthouse provides an actively managed energy service that reduces energy consumption and leverages renewable power to deliver a guaranteed revenue stream for commercial, industrial, and educational real estate owners. All right, Rafael, we just want to thank you so much for being here today and taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to hang out with Cameron and me for a little bit. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to jump right into the question. So what we want to know is just tell us a little bit about your background and also about Carbon Lighthouse. Yeah. Um, so Carbon Lighthouse, we started in 2010. Uh, my co-founder, Brendan, and I, our background is as physicists. Um, so we are trained um, to understand how the natural world works, and we apply that to the systems and buildings. So understanding fans, pumps, motors, chillers, lights, how all of those consume energy, uh, both theoretically and practically. Um, and that's really the genesis for Carbon Lighthouse. We both are environmentally driven. We want to figure out how to reduce the energy that buildings consume. Um, and for that, and for us, that means a deep dive into the guts uh, of all the HVAC systems and buildings that, uh, for better and for worse, keep us comfortable uh, most of the time and uh, unfortunately have a big impact on the planet that we want to try to mitigate. Yeah, doing good for everybody all around. Yeah. So what are the sorts of processes that Carbon Lighthouses uses to to uh, initiate that? Yeah, so as a software company um, that previously used to actually oversee direct contractor work in buildings, so HVAC contractor, our goal is really three things, is to find opportunities for clients um, to reduce energy consumption, to quantify that um, opportunity so you know whether it's worth investing on or not, and then to make it happen and make it last. So um, what we're doing is pulling data out of buildings. Um, so all the operational data of how the chillers, fans, pumps, motors, lights are actually working, um, understanding how those could be improved, quantifying the dollars uh, of those improvements, and then really importantly, working with facilities teams in buildings to actually make those changes because <clears throat> the feasibility of any potential change is really nice in a computer model. And it's really difficult and gnarly um, to, to make happen in a real building. And so that's where we work hand in hand with facilities teams to help them make those changes. And then once those changes are in place, because we have the right data streaming from, you know, how is that fan scheduled or how is that supplier temperature regulated, we can then flag when it goes out of whack. So for instance, a lot of our clients dealing with heat waves this summer, a lot of their equipment, they start running it earlier uh, and more forcefully, and that's necessary to keep people comfortable. But for most of them, as that heat wave diminishes, some set of the fans and pumps and everything else are still being left in 24 seven mode. And so our software is there to help catch that and say, Hey, now you can turn it off. Looks like the heat waves passed. Um, and then if they have any challenges with that, we can also help them executing it. So it's really designed to get people great financial returns um, and make it as easy as possible to do that so that we can accomplish our environmental mission. Interesting. What, what's a typical client look like right now or, um, or have you found that uh, certain types of properties, you know, whether it be industrial, office, et cetera, are are um, are are dealing with you more? Yeah, the 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 most common asset types we work with um, are medical office and office, hospitality, and multifamily. Um, and so there's you know work we've done in 
industrial and work we've done, data centers and work we've done, and all different asset types. Um, but far and away where it's easiest to get the longest lasting and biggest dollars, medical office, office, uh, life science, um, hospitality, and multifam. Yeah. And as people become more environmentally conscious, especially in the CRE world, what new types of green tech excites you personally? Yeah. So I think, strangely, the stuff that used to excite me a decade ago, which is, I think, the stuff most people talk about or talk about, and, you know, here's the latest and greatest heat pumps and solar and, um, you know, obviously LEDs and all of those. Those are great. They don't actually excite me that much um, at this point because what I've seen is that the biggest difference by far for buildings is really just controlling the stuff that's already there. Um, And so I get most motivated by how do you have the most uh, environmental impact, which also ties to how do you have the most financial impact. And what we see everywhere is, yeah, it's great if you're doing a big CapEx project, if you've got an old boiler furnace you're replacing, you could put in heat pumps. Great, let's do that. Let's electrify. Let's make that happen. Obviously, upgrading lights is great. You know, anywhere from a three to seven year simple payback, you should do that. Reduce a lot of energy, reduce demand charges. All that stuff's great. Um, and it's still not as significant as just turning stuff off when you don't need it, and just turning stuff down when you don't need it. And the smaller the building, the less love it's getting. Right? You, the larger, you know, trophy high rise assets. You have full team, well trained engineers. They're monitoring stuff. They're paying attention. There's ways to make those buildings run better, but when you get out to, you know, your smaller suburban, um, you know, medical office building or your smaller hospitality asset uh, or your smaller apartment building where there's only a quarterly maintenance provider and coming through a little bit to check on things, stuff goes wrong all the time there. Uh, and that's where technology can be a big lever to really be able to monitor things in the right way uh, and make sure you're getting great energy savings just by controlling the building the most basic ways possible it's frustratingly hard for everyone involved from the people on the ground to you know technology companies trying to make it better it's really hard and that's why we we focus on tackling that problem yeah that's interesting because i i even saw something you know the other day i didn't i haven't done a deep dive in it but uh basically windows that 80 percent of light can still make through but are also effectively acting as solar panels so you know there's 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 kind of fun new tech being uh, developed, but I, kind of what I'm hearing from you is like the most effective thing we can do right now is just working within the systems that are in place already. Yeah, I mean the the, the new tech is super fun, and I love it. My co-founder Brennan actually was one of the original um, designers of the what became View Glass, uh, that okay. self-tinting window. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff, and if you want to make the biggest difference for the planet, get control of your building. Yeah, get some technology in there to make it it run better and more intelligently. Yeah, by far, that's the biggest lever. That's so funny. I'm going to bring that up. I'm actually on the HOA condo board of my building. And it's we, we talk about that every day. So shout out to Ravinia Lofts and uh, Heather and Hannah. Yeah, we uh, we deal with that every single day. So we're going to that's something that I'm going to bring up on our next meeting, actually. I recommend it. It's uh, It's not sexy, but super effective (laughs) so do you see um a company like carbon lighthouse or you know maybe even potential competitors popping up now that um the new you know it's it's the it's the uh the inflation reduction act but effectively it's it's almost like a green bill um i know there are some portions of that bill that have incentivized uh commercial property specifically to potentially you know become lead certified and things like that 
Do you see, you know, how do you view that act, its impact on CRE and its impact on a business like yours specifically? Yeah. So I think impact, uh, those are actually, I think, pretty different answers. Um, So I'll break those apart because I think the impact on CRE could be really significant and positive. I think the impact on the specific type of work we do, making buildings more intelligent is probably less pronounced. But for commercial real estate, I think it's really exciting. I'm going to pull up the numbers I have to make sure I got it right. Yeah, 25. Now, if you reduce energy consumption in one system by 25%, it used to be 50%, then the the Section 179D, um, those tax deductions have been around for a while. By lowering that bar and making it apply to the systems, that's actually a meaningful incentive. Like we've been talking about 179D forever because it's a nice, you know, nice to have. I think it's like a buck or was a buck 88 um, deduction. Now it goes up to five bucks a foot. Yeah, but it's now way, way more accessible. Um, and so I think it'll take time for people to really run the numbers and, and see that. But um, that can be a meaningful um, change. So that was um, sort of buried in um, in the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, and I think that can be powerful. I think for multifamily developers, it's now like up to $5,000 per unit um, uh, tax credit you can claim for um, in putting in new equipment. So again, things like heat pumps or LEDs or even solar or other stuff where you're doing these, that's that's pretty cool. Um, that's, um, you know, begins to move the needle, 5,000 bucks um, per unit, um, you can start to do. So I think those, as well as like the transferability of tax credits. So I think those are big things um, that are really good for commercial real estate landlords. It's going to, you know, doing energy efficiency and solar already puts money in your pocket, but this is a way of you know, changing what may have been a 10% unlevered return to a 30% unlevered return. Um, mm-hmm. And so that may get more people to move. So I think that's pretty cool. And um, I also expect it'll take time in my experience for people to, to actually wrap their heads around this stuff and for it to flow through to, you know, people's Excel models and Argus models to really see, oh, okay, yeah, I should do this. Um, but, um, but it's really, really promising. Um, as far as how it impacts Carbon Lighthouse and us, not very much. Uh, and so really? Like, uh, like, uh, yeah, I'll pull apart. There's two parts in my mind to simplify it. There's within the, uh, you know, the ESG or environmental or whatever um, words you want to use. There's sort of the appearance side, which, you know, the downside is just greenwashing where people pretend to do stuff. Yeah. And sort of the upside is just tracking and seeing what things are. And then there's the action side. Um, most of the ESG environmental industry is on the appearance side of things. It's very focused on getting a certification or it's very focused on reporting the GRES or you know, reporting the UN um, disclosure. Like all of those is a lot of what happens with the brain space of sustainability. On the action side, there are other firms that also help drive control and make sure buildings run better. What happens with legislation really doesn't change that much for us because we come to landlords who say hey you want to invest five thousand dollars and save twenty thousand dollars a year yeah people want to do that because it's it's obvious um and so that's um that's a business that we're in and it's it's an interesting mix and hodgepodge of contractors and controls firms and technology companies like us um who are all trying to find different ways to drive reductions in in buildings and i think it's great if people want to talk more about climate or energy but it's also great if people don't like we're totally yeah. agnostic. We're here for <laughs> whoever wants to make more money from their buildings. You'll help us accomplish your mission. We'll help you improve the profitability of your asset um, and everyone can benefit.
yeah yeah the 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 green benefit goes goes both ways i suppose uh you know environmental and uh and money talk money talks right? yeah <laughs> yeah money talks that's you know my i've always been very environmentally driven but it was 15 years ago now where for the first time i had a friend um working on um a development deal and showed me the financials and to see but for the first time that it clicked for me that oh all these changes that i care about their environmental can be massively profitable um that to me was the obvious path of how you can make a difference in the world is just get people money quickly make it easy yeah and you can get a lot of impact and that's that's what we've been fortunate to see at carbon lighthouse nice so you know uh because our, our main audience here is brokers probably um do you when you're going after new clients uh i know you mentioned you, you know you're reaching out to landlords or, or property owners. Um, yeah. Uh, do you ever work with brokers who have built in relationships with those sorts of people or, you know, how does that, how does those. Yeah. Where we've had a, a handful of relationships with brokers um, directly. And I think what, um, where we can be helpful to brokers is a few things is if uh, you're advising on acquisitions or dispositions, uh, we have tools that allow you to calculate what the likely hidden NOI in, in there is. So based on our huge database of, thousands of different buildings we've worked in and all their systems we can calculate with just the click of a few buttons you can even just play with it on our website for free you can try five buildings for free carbonlighthouse.com and you go it's called smart capital and you can just enter super basic information about a building you're thinking of buying or thinking of selling and you can see what the likely uh, extra noi in there that's really is. cool that's um, awesome. so yeah that's one tool yeah so any broker can use um and then um Additionally, for brokers who want to help their landlords actually achieve uh, those benefits, then sometimes brokers have brought us into the landlord landlord and say, hey, yeah, Carbon Lighthouse thinks they can get us an extra 25 cents a foot. Um, let's go do that. Get more profit for the building. Um, that's a way of deepening that relationship. It's a way of being a nice value add um, to your, your building owner. Say, hey, I found this way to get you a little bit extra juice uh, mm -hmm. out of your building. And rolling out that when you're looking at properties, I mean, do you have to be on site to to sort of get those readings and things like that most of the time? So the the basic like the high level, the stuff you can do on our website, we have so much data yeah. from all the buildings we've been that we can. When it comes to all right, now let's make this real at the building. Sure. Then of we course. do have to go to the site. Um, most of all, just to understand from that facilities person, like what stuff's broken, what stuff have they tried, right? Most people don't want their building running all the time. So they've tried something, but it's failed because a tenant complained, there's too many hot and cold calls, there's too many issues. The BMS says one thing, but um, you know, they still see that fan running. Yeah. And so being on site ends up being really, really critical lever to help uh, make sure you can get that real reduction in the building. Nice. So, yeah, you can get a lot of benefit with the directional tool just from our software. And then to really drive the deeper benefit, there's an element of going on site, working with the facilities team um, and then making some changes. And then the software can do most of the heavy lifting after that, too. Very cool. Excellent. So I was looking up because I was curious, and this is sort of piggybacking off of what you just answered from the last question. It's this, I don't know if this is 100% accurate. 40% of carbon emissions come from real estate in general. So um, <clears throat> do you see real hard and fast regulations coming down the pipe for construction the same way the government is leaning on um, transportation? You know, obviously California and, and putting yeah. a ban on, you know, uh, um, uh, 
combustion engine cars within the next you know few years do, do do we see these sort of regulations bleeding into the commercial real estate industry oh i think they already are I mean, if yeah. you look at local law 97 in new york or other um, local laws there's a lot of regulation coming um i think how how much teeth they end up having um how they get changed over time i feel like most real estate developers i talk to in New York are bettering, betting on the watering down uh, of local law regulations. Um, so it'll be an interesting seesaw between um, real estate interests and um, general, you know, public opinion um, and what happens there because it's, it's complicated trade-off um, in terms of what's best for the overall society. I think there will certainly be more regulations. I think the timeline of that though, I could see there being a big push in two years and I can see it just being put off till 20 years from now, too. So yeah. um, I'm less sure of when it will happen. But um, you know, setting a target for the carbon emissions of a building, it's a pretty easy thing to do. And big cities are already doing it. So it's already having um, yeah. an impact on, I think, the biggest places, whether it be national in nature, possibly. But it may not actually matter that much. I mean, the biggest cities are all doing it anyway. Then you're going to get most of the impact. Yeah. Um, there. And I think it's important to call out, it doesn't apply to things like manufacturing or other places. Um, you know, of that 40% of, of carbon emissions from the built in uh, coming from real estate, 20% is coming from industrial and heavy manufacturing, which yeah, is its yeah. own, own beast to transform. Very cool. Excellent. And Raphael, before we go, we have a question that we ask yeah. you to all of our listeners, granted they are brokers or managing directors, but question for you. For somebody that's trying to get into the green technology space, what advice would you have for them? And then it's kind of a two-part. And then secondly, what do you think the future holds for the industry? Oh, those are two great questions. Um, they're big. Someone, <laughs> yeah, they're big. Um, for someone who wants to get into the industry, my advice I've been giving for 15 years is just do it. Go hustle. Find opportunities that you can, um, just as I'm sure. Go hustle resonates with brokers, yeah, resonates for anyone trying to get into um, to clean energy. There are thankfully now tons and tons and tons of jobs, um, but you may have to start in a part of the industry you didn't expect to. I started in solar and I did not expect to start in solar. I was much more interested in electric vehicles and really glad I got in solar as part of what pulled me deeper into building. So I think have fun with the adventure as long as you're getting carbon reductions down, you should feel happy and there's lots and lots of ways to do that. Uh, as far as the direction of CRE, I mean, I think the bigger, biggest factors for CRE, as always, are are things that have nothing to do with energy. Um, and I think, you know, obviously, interest rates and inflation, like those are those are the big factors. As far as different trends that will happen, um, obviously, I have no idea. Uh, but I, you know, if I were to speculate like other people often do, um, I'm I'm excited to see. The, the urban suburban dynamic really interests me. I think it's been, you know, the, the massive boom in industrial. And I see that, you know, when I go out to, you know, suburbs and exurbs, like there's just a vast amount of industrial space going up and um, just necessary for the transformation of the economy. Yeah, just so much more e-commerce. Um, I think that trend will continue. I think what happens with cities will be really interesting. I'm personally bullish on cities. And I think the transformation of, office um to me i'm sure i will be wrong like everybody else but to me that's mostly complete like i think the pattern of 
people spending, you know, some firms will be totally remote. Most firms will have some amount of hybrid work yeah, because people like being around people. And people also like having flexibility to work from home for, you know, the roughly half of jobs that can be done that way. Um, and so I think we'll see, you know, continued increase in multifamily development wherever possible in urban environments and office converting to that. And um, hospitality seems to, you know, will continue to be, I expect, super cyclical with the economy. Um, and then big picture in terms of the greening of buildings. I'm I'm really bullish. I think it'll start with a lot of control stuff. I think there will be like the, the new development will continue to do the most interesting and and cool things, but I think existing buildings will see much better control and visibility that'll happen and sort of sweep across the board. That's certainly the part of the the future that we want to drive is getting everything controlled, incredible visibility, each piece of equipment, exactly how much dollars is it using? wasting in real time to know that to fix that um, and bring that to as small an asset level as possible so everyone has that and then the the transformation of the the plant within of the hvac and lighting plant within those buildings um i think will be a big piece i think on-site generation in the suburbs will be a big piece um so i envision a future where buildings are by and large um, carbon neutral i think within urban developments they're still not totally there but they're way 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 you know they're 20 percent of what they were um 10 years ago uh, and the remaining power coming in is is clean so we can all do cool stuff in the buildings that keep us happy and comfortable and do it without harming the environment around us to help make sure it's all there for future generations so that's that's what i hope for but i also expect that that is what will come to be Excellent. No, that's that's a great point. Well, again, thank you. Thank you for taking the time for meeting with us today. I know you and Cameron had set this up. So Cameron, thank you too. This was, I mean, hopefully this was super enlightening for everyone that that listened in today. And Rafael, we just want to thank you again for taking the time. I know you're in New York, you got a busy schedule. So thank you for everything. And again, we'd, we'd love to have you back sometime. Yeah, my pleasure. So nice speaking with you all. And um, yeah, happy to connect with anyone. Um, and uh, yeah, you can reach out at our website, carbonlighthouse.com.